Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, the new year is here, and folks are starting to fold up the wrappings from all the holiday presents, and perhaps trying to figure out how to use the digital devices that found their way into so many piles of presents in the now fading holiday season. While it's certainly understandable to go gee whiz at the newest and latest digital doodad, it's the next steps that are going to make or break folks' comfort with their new device, whether that device is the latest smartphone, a new laptop, a baby monitor, a smart TV, a personal digital assistant like Alexa, or the new Ring Video Doorbell from Amazon, quite likely offered to homeowners for free or at next to no cost by a local police department. So let's take a moment before we start using our new devices and see if we can make them work the way we would like them to work for our purposes rather than be pawns in the overall profit plans of the device makers. First of all, we do well to adopt the following principle. Nothing that we have been given or bought is designed to serve our needs out of the box. Every device comes with a set of default settings, often not particularly easy to find, that are designed to serve the purposes of the device manufacturer and to maximize profit. In a capitalist economy, there's nothing wrong with this type of design, of course. The job of companies is to make money. That's always been the case. And often enough, products are designed to bring the buyer back to the seller to generate additional profit in the future. So if we buy a razor, we wind up over the years paying for razor blades. If we buy a new car, we wind up over the years getting it serviced often at the dealer where we purchased the car in the first place. These follow-up purchases are part of the deal, and we're aware of the ways that the company may make money from us in the future. In each of these cases, we know what's going on, and we often have some choices about future purchases. For example, where to get our car serviced, or what brand of replacement razor blade to buy. Things are different with digital devices. As we just mentioned, Every digital device comes with a set of default settings that are designed to serve the purposes of the device manufacturer to ultimately maximize profit. In the case of many digital devices, we usually don't know how the company that provided the device plans to make money from us in the future, but pretty much all of them do. And the way that they do that is by collecting information about us and selling it to others ranging from product advertisers to bounty hunters. So let's take a moment and think about how we can tailor our swell new device to serve our needs first and foremost, and maybe reduce the collection and distribution of personal information about us and our family members. After all, we paid a pretty penny for our smartphone or smart TV or new Alexa or Echo or whatever. Although most digital devices are designed to be ready to use once they're powered up, it's wise to take a look at whatever instructions come with the device before going through the setup procedures. For example, if you received a new Wi-Fi router or garage door opener or baby monitor, the first thing to do is to find out how to change the password to something unique and secure. We've discussed how to do that on previous editions of The Electronic Cottage, all of which are in the Public Affairs Archive at www.weru.org. 
But why bother changing the password? Well, because device manufacturers generally use a single or one of a very few passwords when they ship their products. Hackers can buy those products too. And if we don't change the passwords on our devices, we are sitting ducks to be hacked and sometimes worse. Having your garage door open, for example, when you aren't at home is not a pleasant experience. Nor is having your child talked to via a baby monitor by some pervert a thousand miles away, or worse, down the street. Another thing to check and change is what information about your location is collected and what's done with it by the device or the apps that run on the device. Both iPhones and Android phones, for example, have very poor track records in allowing folks to completely turn off location data collection and sharing when they don't need it. Root around in the preferences of that new smartphone and turn off location sharing in the operating system and in every app on the phone. Yes, it takes time and you may want to ask a friend or maybe a teenager how to do a thorough job because of course the defaults are to collect and then sell information about where you go, how long you stay, and how regularly you do both. The same principle applies to that new smart TV. One reason you got a good deal on the price is that the manufacturer is planning to make more money in the future by selling information about what you watch and how you watch whatever is on the TV. And if it's a TV capable of responding to spoken commands, quite possibly selling information about what you say within hearing distance of the TV. And those ring video doorbells? That is a subject for a whole other episode. While digital technology is amazing and often wonderful, when it comes to who devices are made to benefit, no one ever went wrong assuming that a new device is set up the way the manufacturer wants it to work, not necessarily how we want it to work. So we users just have to take the extra time and the extra steps to ensure that our new devices work for us the way we want them to. And we'll keep on doing our best to suggest ways to do that right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Mm -hmm.